This is Sage Talking. If your brain is ready to soak up some natural, informative, and no BS knowledge, then you're in the right place. Join me in talks about nature, people, health, sustainable businesses, and everything in between. You won't miss out on the occasional politics and interviews with ecopreneurs either. P.S. I want to know what you want to know. So send in questions or topic requests on my IG at thrive underscore by nature. Hey, and thank you for being here. It is not a lack of realization or knowledge, but the problems are the systems. It takes months or years to even make the smallest changes in different sectors and areas of our governance, politics, industries, things like that. That was one of the consensus from um, the last talk about the Green New Deal. Um, at a webinar where there were different people, scientists, professors, um, activists discussing the Green New Deal, what it means and kind of what the outcome is and the problems with the Green New Deal. Now, I thought that was very interesting. It was definitely a very interesting talk. Um, I'll try, if there's a recording, I'll try to link it in the description down below so you can watch it um, because it was definitely very interesting. Now, I want to give you a brief history of what I found out about a little history of climate change. Who found out what first, how long it has been known, what people knew at different times. To give you a little bit of an insight. I don't know if you hear this, but sometimes I, I think I sound a little tired in these podcasts. I don't know, I'm not tired. It actually excites me talking about this. Maybe I have to try and get this over into the actual speaking audio a little better. Anyway, here comes a brief history of climate change. As early on as the 1800s, experiments done suggested that human-produced carbon dioxide and other gases could collect in the atmosphere and insulate in Earth in the atmosphere. And the ancient Greeks already had theories that humans could change temperature and influence rainfall by chopping down trees, plowing fields, or irrigating a desert, which means watering or flooding a desert. Now, in the 1820s, a French mathematician and physicist named Joseph Fourier had already proposed that the theory of the so-called greenhouse effect which the greenhouse effect is a natural phenomenon where the Earth's gases trap the sun's heat. Um, only our way of living has, as we know, changed the whole thing a bit. And because of all our extra gases and emissions, we're trapping too much of that heat. Then in the 1860s, an Irish scientist named John Tyndall showed that coal gas was especially effective at absorbing energy in our atmosphere, which we definitely know now. And um, by 1895, a Swedish scientist named Svante Arrhenius um, calculated that if CO2 levels were halved, global temperatures could decrease by about 5 degrees Celsius, which is 9 degrees uh, Fahrenheit, and in turn a doubling of CO2. The levels of CO2 could do the same thing, so warming Earth also by 5 degrees um, or 9 degrees Fahrenheit. By the 1930s, British engineer 
Sky Stewart calendar uh, noted that the United States and the North Atlantic region had warmed significantly soon after the Industrial Revolution. And now everybody knows about climate change today. The scientists, as well as politicians, the laymen, and even the kindergartner. So for decades, this has been known. So now the questions are, who was trying to kind of hide this? Who is doing something about it? And why is this going so slow when we have so little time left? And what can we do to bring about this radical systemic change that we need? And why we need systemic changes is also for the reasons um, why because huge corporations, fossil fuel industry, the biggest polluters in this world have tried again and again and have also successfully conveyed the message that is on the consumer, on the individual actions to change this whole thing around. Like in 1971, a TV advertisement aired, um, which uh, the punchline kind of was, people start pollution, people can stop it. Um, which um, this nonprofit group, Keep America Beautiful, um, that kind of brought it out there, um, was funded um, by the beverage and um, packaging companies that pumped out billions of plastic bottles each year, like Coca-Cola, Pepsi, and so on, trying to push all of this responsibility from the companies onto the consumer. It's like, don't buy this anymore. Everybody should like start cleaning up their trash, recycling better, blah, blah, blah. And not the companies doing their part who are actually creating the pollution. Then um, in 2000, um, there was also um, an advertising award that, um, which is called a gold effie that went to this um, campaign um, that uh, was about uh, the heat trapping carbon pollution and that also was trying to convey that that is also like our, the consumers, the people's problem, not the problem of the companies drilling into the earth and then selling the fossil fuels. That is also when um, BP or British Petroleum um, brought out this carbon footprint calculator where we all as consumers um, and users of fossil fuels, it's again on us. We as a person who flies somewhere, takes a train, eats meat or cheese, we should all calculate our footprint, swap out different foods, um, and then see how we can all collectively, with individual action, um, reduce our carbon footprint in any way we can. Which is obviously not going to save the planet quick enough, because as we see, climate change has been known for a long time, and if it were that easy and everybody would just go vegan, not ever buy fast fashion again, um, everybody would compost so there are no landfills anymore, um, nobody would buy anything from Coca-Cola or any plastic bottles anymore in this world, because then obviously all these companies would go broke. If no one bought uh, fossil fuels companies anymore, they would have to stop selling their product, which means they would have to stop drilling, fracking, doing whatever, because no one would buy it anymore. Well, obviously, that's not how it works. And don't get me wrong, individual action is very important. Because having this mindset and thinking about, it kind of starts with, I mean, it starts with individual action and saying, okay, um, 
I see all of these things. Suddenly, I'm aware that all the things I'm buying daily, the things I'm consuming, the things I'm doing, my habits, my use of water, um, if I drive a car, if I go by bike, if I walk, all this has an impact on our planet. And collectively, what we all do every day has a huge impact. So individual action is important and also this awareness, trying to live sustainably, there is nothing wrong with that. And I think nobody should bash or attack that if everybody is doing their best. But as I said before, um, if everybody who has this consciousness would just walk around and try all day, every day, just to convince their neighbors, maybe their, their teachers, um, their um, comrades at school, their friends, their cousins, whoever, their grandparents, to be more sustainable in their everyday lives, that is really not enough. This is not what is going to bring this big change about. So it is, first and foremost, on the government's the big polluting companies and the companies who are actually doing this big irreversible damage to change their ways. This is why we need systemic changes and not everybody calculating their carbon footprint and um, never buying anything anymore because that's not how it is going to work. One of the problems that, I mean, is nothing that we can do anything about right now, this is just personal thoughts, is... How crazy it actually is that all of these problems actually tie back to only one single thing, which is money. That is so crazy, right? I mean, that we have the knowledge and the evidence, we know what's going on, yet still, plastic is not banned, mobility and infrastructure is not changed, the Amazon, Amazon rainforest and other rainforests are still being destroyed, pesticides are still being used on fields, the EU Mercosur trade is still on, new pipelines and LNG terminals are popping up everywhere, oil spills are still a thing, removing indigenous communities, um, and you'd think that with the biggest threat, which is extinction, or ultimately death for us, people would say, okay, um, or, or politicians and the industries themselves would say, we're stopping all of this. Imagine if every single fossil fuel company, producer of plastic, every single one of the biggest polluters, which are actually not that many because only about 100 companies are the biggest polluters on this planet and responsible for the biggest pollution. Imagine if these companies said, okay, wow, we really have this immense power in our hands. We could literally, by just stopping what we're doing, change the entire world around. I know it's not as simple as that. This is just like me thinking my thoughts out loud. If they'd say, guys, we'll stop now, but... We're going to start with the money that we have, with, with what we've made, with the manpower and influence we have. We're going to start upforesting, conserving marine life, pushing the expansion of renewable energies like crazy. Then it'd be like, wow, they could literally, they have the power to change the entire world around. I mean, <laughs> that is just obviously... This is like something, I guess this is stuff many people just, you know, think about, not that thinking about this is actually going to change anything, but it's just a crazy thought. And you'd like to think that maybe some of these people will grow a conscience and just say, for my own sake, 
for my children's grandchildren's sake for the planet's sake we have to change something but obviously that is not very realistic but it's a it's a nice thought that that could happen someday so this is why we need systemic changes great thing it's just um as we see in the u.s a new president can bring all sorts of different changes um in a few months there are elections in germany's for the in germany's in germany for a new chancellor um different uh um, governing parties in our parliament and um that of course is where we need this input from everybody people's votes because it doesn't matter at the end of the day if you're choosing the better laundry detergent, bringing your produce bags, if you have a government that is pushing along fossil fuels, building new pipelines, and agreeing to dangerous treaties, then that's just bad. And that kind of defeats the whole purpose of the individual action and us all being more sustainable. So, yeah. Whoever is listening to this and is in Germany, um, you can probably imagine which party I'm voting for. <laughs> and I'm not going to say I would not try to influence anybody because I personally, when I talk to friends or family, I do try to convince people. I'm like, if you know, probably what you could expect from me. If there's no nature, if, envi- if the environment is sick and polluted, um, then everything is done money, economy, job prospects, whatever it is that people are searching for in this on this planet that um doesn't matter anymore. So, yeah. This was my little rant, and I hope you could take away some of um the first things I hope you liked this little like sum up of the climate history um because i think that was very interesting how long people have actually known about it and that these big industries and companies have just been trying to cover it all up and kind of deflecting from their responsibility and making us all think that we all individually should just change our habits and daily lives um when we actually just need to change these systems and i know system change or the prospect of it can be so scary, so very scary. But the thing is, we all know change in our world is inevitable, and change is not necessarily a bad thing. It can be uncomfortable because for us, we're always in our own heads, we have our thoughts, we have our belief systems, and if those are shaken up, it can be uncomfortable for us, and also very scary. But because change is inevitable and it will happen anyway, We can now decide if we want to be part of this change and actively create this change in this world or if we will just be swept up by it. Because with climate change, for example, if we continue like this, it's said that we have about 10 years to change this around and um, to keep heating up of the planet under 1.5 degrees um, of pre-industrial levels. So... We can choose now, do we want to be part of this or just sit there and not change anything because it's too scary for us and we want to continue living our lives the way we are now or actively put all hands on deck and say, we want to change something, we want different governments, we want different policies and we want a different world. 
because that is at the end what it comes down to. Now, at the end, turns on a good note, who is doing stuff about it? In the last few weeks, we've gotten some awesome news. There was a huge climate lawsuit, one in Germany. Um, there was a huge uh, Dutch court case against Shell. That was one. And Greenpeace, organizations like Greenpeace, Fridays for Future, um, different, all different environmental organizations are doing just awesome work. And if you want to know about their work um, or sign petitions on change.org, be up to date um, who is starting petitions and then subscribe to their mailing lists. I'm going to put um, Greenpeace and change.org, which are probably one of the um, most known. I'm going to put their links down below. If you subscribe to their mailing lists, you get updates, you can sign petitions, you can see what the newest climate news are, and um, there is are some awesome things going on. I know there are a lot of horrible things going on that we read about in the news, that we hear about, but who has won a climate lawsuit, who has uh, stopped um, fracking in a certain area. You know, that stuff happens and you can support that with just clicking a button, signing a petition and being one of the voices that um, really, yeah, make a positive impact and are part of a whole big movement. Also, um, Fridays for Future um, does all over the world, a lot of protests. Greenpeace also, um, even now, there are some that are like COVID-19 friendly, if you will say so, um, with, of course, keeping socially distancing, um, masks, and so on. I've been to a few protests, and it works great. Grab your signs, protest, get out there, and be part of this incredible movement, because good things are happening, and kind of the more climate lawsuits or lawsuits of um, this type are one, it makes way for other ones so that they can be one also and push forward, gets public recognition. So this is ending this podcast with good news on a positive note. That's that. Thank you for listening. If you like this, please subscribe, leave me a review. Maybe that helps me out a lot. And also then know what you think and maybe something else you would like to hear about. And um, listen to this with friends and family, maybe during Scrabble night or doing a puzzle. I don't know. Thank you for listening. I appreciate your eager ears and your time. And I'll see you next episode. Bye.